Welcome to the Startup Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Kayleen Langford, founder of Startup Creative, your go-to source for straight-up business advice. Hi guys and welcome back to the Startup Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Kayleen Langford, and I just got off in a very inspiring conversation with Mason, who is the founder of Superfeast. And Superfeast is premium quality tonics and herbs plus medicinal mushrooms. And when I say medicinal mushrooms, we're not talking the psychedelic trippy type, um, but more from a Chinese medicine Taoist tradition, which Mason has studied and is very passionate about. And he shares that and he absolutely oozes that throughout the conversation. So enjoy his wisdom and his knowledge. But particularly what I loved about this conversation was how Mason shows his passion and his desire to understand and to educate himself and to better himself through the use of these herbs and tonics. And then from that, he attracted a customer base and people who who were just saying, well, we want what you have. And he shares a lot of really great insights into understanding his target market and being connected to them and running market stands where he was having really long conversations to understand their needs and then build his business based on that, which is incredibly inspiring. For me, that's like what makes a successful business is somebody who genuinely really cares about what they're doing and how they can help people. And I think that's a a testament to the success of Superfeast. So lots of really great insights and wisdom that we can take from Mason's example in how he did that really early on in his business. But he also shares some significant moments in his life where, you know, he was running his business and there was these these big moments where things happened and it kind of forced him to ask the question of like, well, are you going to pull your socks up and do the work and make this business a real thing? And even though he wasn't naturally from a business um, background and, you know, wasn't his strongest suit, I think it shows that when you love what you do, then you figure it out and you find people who are going to help you and, and build it into something that you really want to work. So Mason gives some really great tips around that as well, as well as um, he finishes off with this incredible tip around approaching competition and, you know, he's been doing it for 10 years and obviously in my perception it's grown as an industry, it's grown with competitors and people bringing these products to market and so Mason shares his insights on how do you deal with that and how do you approach when you see more and more people coming as competitors and you know I think in a world especially in the health and well-being world where people can can be a little bit savage so some really great um, wisdom on how to deal with competitiveness and competition in business um, but I'll leave you to the episode. He shares a discount code, which will be startup10, that you can jump on his website. He gives advice around which herbs and tonics he recommends for our audience, those of us who are giving birth to new ideas and working long hours and really you know, using our brains and our minds to capacity and how do we refuel and allow, allow our body to be at its, its best so that we can we can do what we love and and bring our ideas to life so enjoy the episode be sure to check out some of his products use the startup 10 code and i look forward to hearing how you go 
Hi, Mason, and welcome to the podcast. Hey, Kay. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure. We were just saying before the recording about um, how I've been following you for a very long time, and it's been amazing to see your business and your brand and what you stand for evolve. And I'm interested to hear your perspective, but also maybe bringing you know, the, the medicinal mushrooms and this natural way of healing the body and charging the body into mm. more of a mainstream, I feel. Yeah, it's definitely charging in that direction, which is very different to how it was when when I started the business. Um, it's a, a yeah, a slow a slow adoption of systems and um, ancient systems and herbs and remedies and folk stylings. Um, when you go into the mushrooms and then the way where I approach it from from an um, ancient Chinese Taoist perspective. It's definitely one where you need to slip away from a colonized mind and get more long-term with your intention, moving beyond just achieving health, health in itself being something that immediately creates this right and wrong, healthy, unhealthy dichotomy, moving into a harmonious flow within yourself and developing a culture for yourself and, you know, learning from the seasonality of your body, seasonality of nature around you and the world and getting into that flow so you have the best chance to be an awesome person as you move along and evolve and don't be, you know, you don't end up as like a dysfunctional asshole, 80 or 90 year old, but you're someone that can really, you know, be vibrant and shine and not be projecting your shit onto other people and not be <laughs> a, a weight on the people around you. That's um, definitely becoming a little more mainstream these days <laughs> as it always has through different civilizations. It goes out and then it comes in and we're having a good in at the moment. I mean, what a great time to be alive in that, you know, look, even the wording around projections and, you know, optimizing our body and taking health and well-being into our own hands. Like, yeah, it, it's pretty amazing to see that to live in this time. And I think I was having this chat with a friend the other day around, you know, we're so lucky that we can be in a scenario. I think I was visiting my family recently and was debriefing the triggers and stuff. And I was like, wow, Mm -hmm. I couldn't imagine having to put myself into that intense environment and then not have the skill sets or the, to be able to remove myself and be like, I don't have to be that. I don't need to be around Mm -hmm. all that. Like Mm -hmm. it's just, um, yeah. So anyway, that's really off topic. No, but, I mean, I, but that's completely like, I think that the conversation needs to go in that direction to make it relevant long term and get us out of our short term. We're doing it right. We're, we're on trend. I'm, I'm fixing myself. I'm healing myself. You know that, you know, I'm achieving health and you know, that that's a very stagnant thought process. So when, when you, when you look at yourself and you look down the barrel of your your timeline, you hang out with, um, you know, other people in society, other people who are a little bit older and you can see, you know, not in a way that's um, judgmental. I don't think it's like, it doesn't have to be a right or wrong, but you can, you know, call a spade a spade and see when someone has just allowed like a little dysfunctions. We all have little dysfunctions to, um, you know, to take root. And then when you get to, you know, when you get a little bit older, you, you're not able to just take life on, you know, taking new, um, new feedback and, you know, t- taking new information for it to kind of like either integrate or go off you like water off a duck's back, you become stale and, and crusty or, or too timid and you miss mm. the chance to be kind of kind of what this community would understand and being like a wisdom holding elder that can actually guide people. And we see a lot of that in the West. We treat the old, like the old, um, our elders and older folk with disrespect 
in general, but a lot of the time you see there's things that they've allowed to take root that doesn't make them pleasurable to be around um, a mm. lot of the time, if I'm going to be really, you know, a, a, to, an, to an extent, um, there's always our shit that we can deal with in and around that. But the herbs that we take here in da- the tonic herbs in around Taoism, these medicinal mushrooms, it's literally the whole point to ensure that you're in harmony enough. So you, you've got the space day after day after day to, um, to watch your emotions, ensure that you're evolving, going, you know, testing your own ideological beliefs, um, integrating with new information, never becoming stagnant. So you can get over those those humps of initiations throughout different phases of life and end up as an 80 or 90 year old or a hundred year old, 110 year old, that's able to really contribute the full encyclopedic knowledge of um, wisdom and information that you have without it coming from a place of resentment, um, you know, hostility or anger or frustration or timidity or fear or anything like that. So that's, that's Mm. literally (laughs) the entire point of the herbs and they're a slice of the pie. And then there's the many other things we need to do to ensure we get to that point. That's the only way I'm able to be in business knowing that I'm coming at it long-term from that angle. Yeah, and there's so much wisdom in there. And I think a few things that I think are really relevant to today's conversation is this idea of, um, you know, having life experiences and then observing and being able to zoom out and go, well, what's working and what's not working and what am I responsible for? And I think, you know, from my perspective on my business, it's like that's where we can start to ask the question and break out of the norm of, you know, I, I get up and I go to this job and I do what I always do because that's what my parents did or, you know, the the conditioned response versus this world that we're very lucky to live in now that where we can actually step back and go, well, who am I and why am I here and what is my purpose and where should I be spending my time and my energy and what makes me come alive? And then, you know, from bringing your business and the mushrooms and the tonics into that, it's like, how do we optimize our health? It's no longer, you know, the sickness and this, you know, go to a doctor to get fixed and more of a, you know, what, what can I do to completely embody myself and my experience on this world and be you know turn on my my brain and my capacity so that I can leave it a better place yeah you're right that's and that's literally the intent and energy I had as a um 23 24 year old when I first started getting into this and it's what you just said then rather than coming from a problem solution, um, you know, whether it's a Western medical model that's dealing with symptomology, whether it's even to an extent, as much as I love Western herbalism, it's, um, it's based on very, um, you know, reductionist actions in the body, which is really useful to an extent. Don't get me wrong. I just didn't vibe with it in the profession that I wanted to take on the direction. Yeah, um, yeah. Modern Chinese medicine as well, been, you know, been using um, Western pathology, you know, Western, um, Western, you know, disease names and um, that's like classification of symptoms. These are all, these are all things that will eventually bog you down into a symptomology problem solution rather than to get into harmony optimization mm-hmm. that you find in say like classic Chinese medicine, you know, when it was simply based on yin yang and, um, you know, five elemental whooshing, um, you know, um, transformation journey and staying, ensuring that stays in harmony long-term, which all of a sudden takes your, the responsibility of like health onto your shoulders your, you know, it's especially in this day and age when we've got this infinite, you know, different paths we can take with, you know, creating a, 
you know, a personal cultural flow or a lifestyle or whatever anyone wants mm. to call it, you know, we, you know, that responsibility lays on you. And, um, you know, we don't, we, we know we've got like backups of practitioners and things like that, but to ensure that that doesn't become the dominating, you know, way that you, you know, approach health, cross your fingers, you don't get sick, you know, you actually, you know, you sink your teeth into it, start taking some responsibility and start, in, you know, it's trying to understand the body where degener- degeneration comes from, so on and so forth. And, you know, all of a sudden you're off flying and you've, um, you've, you've definitely, you know, in a very practical sense, you've become less of a burden on the entire economy, um, mm. you know, potentially on your, on your family down the track. Um, not that things don't come up. It's nice to also call when things are getting a little bit of out of your experience and out of your hand it's something i used to have a pride thing that i wouldn't go to a practitioner no no no. i can i can do it and there's simple remedies i can always use and most of the time it's true and then there's times when you know i I can just utilize a a practitioner and go into that patient mode for just a little Mm -hmm. bit but just as long as that patient archetype um where i'm one to be fixed um doesn't dominate me that i can stand Mm -hmm. in that optimization place or just that place where not even optimizing because that can become an internal psychological pathology in itself when you always need to be going more optimal more optimal more optimal you see that in the um the biohacking scene quite often and um i don't enjoy it where you can just maybe uh live and enjoy (laughs) and be awesome like yeah Yeah. it's it's a nice path absolutely there's two words that really stood out for me there was the harmony and responsibility and i think you know that that's ultimately how and why i started my business is that i was in that victim mentality of being quite sick and then being going you know why isn't anyone fixing this or what's Mm -hmm. wrong with me to hang on what if life was happening for you and not to you how would you what would you do differently and how would you embrace the world and and then also that idea of harmony of when, you know, from a, a body point of view and health and well-being point of view, but mm. also what weaves into that is like harmony in the work that you do and how you're spending your time and, you know, are you giving back and are you doing what you love? And I think, um, you know, when we can take responsibility and and ask that question of like, you know, am I in flow? Am I in my an harmonious space in my life? And if not, what yeah, what do I need to do about it? Mm-hmm. So good, eh? Yeah, amazing. <laughs> We're off to a flying start. We really haven't really introduced you, so I might get you to uh, introduce yourself and your business and and tell us what you do and and maybe where the idea came from and how it all started. Cool. Um, I'm Mason Taylor. Um, grew up in Sydney. Now living in South Golden Beach, company Superfeast has, um, it's been around as of April 2021, it'll be 10 years since Superfeast was officially created. It was about this time, 10 years ago, when the idea dropped in and name dropped in and started as a little family business. But um, for them, you know, for, for now, for where it's a, kind of like got itself got itself to over the years. Um, we're in Mullumbimby Industrial. It's where our office and warehouse is. And we are a Taoist tonic herb and medicinal mushroom um, supplier, apothe- apothecary. Um, and where we're at at the moment is we are in one shade of things, um, offering tonic herbal powdered extracts we have for many years sourced in a very particular way 
um, which is very, you know, very difficult way to, to source and from um, extremely small batch farms um, done with a, with a sourcing philosophy called DDAO. And that is, um, we can go into that a little bit later, but that's ensuring that if we can't get the herb wild, that we are getting it with its wild signature as much as possible, exposed to the elements and based on ancient texts over, you know, 2000 years ago from um, the Divine Farmers Materia Medica by Shen Nong, the ben, um, Shen Nong Ben Sao Jing, is, it was defined in that book, you know, it showed these are the superior herbs, these are the regular herbs, and these are the inferior herbs. Um, and that's not a hierarchy, they're just like rough translations, but the superior herbs were those which with only, you know, the, the, these are the herbs. Um, and I, I, I want to make sure I'm kind of like, you know, giving some justice to, you know, the fact that we are still working with herbs, very deep medicine, very, um, very beautiful harmonizers of the body, nourishes of the body, stabilizes of the body energy so we can stay in a flow of yin and yang and our um, five elemental um, organs, our, our heart fire, um, our... Um, our, uh, our our spleen soil, our, our lung metal, our, our kidney water, um, our liver wood, you know, those systems, you know, the, the fluids, the vapors and all that stuff going on in, in our body can just, just, just flow basically mm, so that we don't have dysfunction rise up. So the superior herbs were those that were said to be those which could be integrated um, with, um, into the, into the population, into, you know, a wide variety of people, um, in a dietary kind of sense, we can have these superior herbs, like the schizandras, eucomia barks, reishi mushrooms, poria mushrooms, ginsengs, astragaluses. These are the ones that with only slight intention, you know, you're not going to do, you're not going to, you're not going to be doing too much damage to yourself if you can, so you got wiggle room, right? So that's why they were known as superior herbs and tonic herbs because you can get them in preventatively um, and you could use them to ensure that you stay healthy long-term. And that really that had me smitten, um, smitten um, early on when I had that intention as you were talking to, you know, especially when I was in my last year of uni, um, just kind of got a little bit screwed over by the uni um, in, and got told I had to change my degree from something I loved to something I, at the time, like loathed. And so I spent mm. the whole, um, that whole year diving into this new intention I had around health and studying classics and herbal classics. And since I didn't have a, you know, I had problems in my body at the time, um, but I just wasn't focused on them. I was just focused on like, you know, how much juice can I drink from this life? And, mm. and from that, I kept on coming back to these tonic herbs. And so, that's where the love sparked and yeah sorry mm -hmm. i was gonna ask the question of what so what were you studying and is that um did you stumble across it or did where, where was your introduction to studying um chinese medicine and the herbs and understanding it all no i was i was studying international business just because i was oh, just wow. like I, don't know, I got back from vagabonding and being a ski instructor and backpacker for years and bartending around the world and um I just was like, oh, you know, I just, I just had a little bit of that thing where we've kind of agreed now that it's like a, a crock of shit for, to go in with this reason. But, you know, I know it was like a mental lot for mum to mum for me to go to uni. You know, she it kind of had this like symbolism. She'd got out of like real low socioeconomic Melbourne family, eldest of nine, and she'd kind of pulled her socks up. And uh, 
you know, wasn't able to finish school, you know, pretty in like living some pretty intense poverty and, you know, dealing with some things that kids shouldn't have to deal with. And so Mm. she'd got herself, she was a, you know, pure entrepreneur um, vibe. And, you know, she just had this like big personality and I kind of got herself right out of that situation and educated herself. And, and so, you know, there was a little bit of that continuing of that energy towards like, Mm. you know, and, and, you know, and my son's going to go and like have a, have a university education. And I was like, you know, you know, she's a good mom. And I didn't resent her for <laughs> do mom proud. Yeah. I was just like, yeah, cool. I'll do that. Now and I was just, you know, and dad's just like, you know, yeah, go into business, mate. You know, I've never regret that. <laughs> and um, and I, not that I regretted it because it really helped. It was formative, but my God, I, I like, I didn't, like, I, I couldn't stand that degree. Um, but you know, as I got, as I got a little bit further on, I could do some, more subjective based um, subjects. Like I had, I had like, I really liked economics and I had lecturers that were like, you know, able to go beyond rote learning style and you're able to actually like apply critical thinking and, um, you know, and subjectively analyze, you know, like a living organism, what an economy is. And I really enjoyed that. And I was doing sociology and sociology of media and studying satire and that kind of thing. And then I got back, I went to South America for a year and got back and they were like, even though you're not going to be running that, you're going to be running that degree for one final year, you can't get in because you deferred. Sucker. And I was like, I just did everything I could because I was really excited about it. It was maybe a blessing because then they made me finish with a Bachelor of Commerce. And so, yeah, I didn't learn anything there. I, um, <laughs> I kind of like, I really developed uh, um, uh, like a disdain, which I don't really carry as much now, but um, it educated me a little bit and gave me a lot of disdain for institution like that level of bureaucratic institution. But I, um, when I was in South America, I just kind of had a few moments where I kind of was just feeling my body and not liking the trajectory I was on and getting really inspired with a couple of um, yogis that I was traveling with. And I met breath workers and kind of, um, you know, down in Patagonia and just kind of like something ignited in me in terms of like what it would be like to live a little bit more in sync with the land. And so mm-hmm. I'd gotten back to do my final year and just um, dove in, I just dove like into what I thought was really healthy at the time. It was extreme raw foodism and cleansing and only, you know, drinking spring water. I collected bubbling out of the earth and, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it just led me down that path. And so um, from that, if you go, if, you, if you're researching intensely enough, which I kind of, I was, um, I, uh, you, you, you come to the medicinal mushrooms and you come mm. to Taoist tonic herbs and you come to the Rasyana's um, herbs of, of Ayurveda, like they're the, you know, the Tulsi, Shadavari's, Ashwagandha and, and, you know, she legit and that just because they're life affirming because, you know, these, the tonic herbs and the Taoist way they talk about it, they, they cultivate life. And that's, mm. you know, and I was like really stoked on that. And so that's just that's how I came across it, and that's amazing. And that's just what I did for that um, for that that final year, and then got out of uni, and I was just like, I didn't know what to do. I was a yoga instructor by the end of it, and was enjoying that, but didn't love it. And um, I was just like, I didn't know what to do. Mum was like, Look, you bang on about you know these like I had like specialty detox products I was into at the time. I was like, kind of a little bit naively smitten by the whole superfood world at the time as well but I was mega dosing medicinal mushrooms. And, you know, mm. that whole year I'd been like, I want the best and I want to give my mum the best. And, you know, like friends are asking, I want them to have the best. So I was like, 
you know, didn't realize I was doing like reconnaissance for super feed sourcing, you know, getting, <laughs> you know, learning about like wood grown mushrooms, DDAO herbs, um, organically grown, non-organically grown, you know, American mushrooms, the ones in China, the shit ones in China, the ones that yeah. are so good in China that no one, you know, no other mushrooms or herbs anywhere else grown in the world are going to be able to touch the quality and the, you know, the life affirming nature and the fact that they have all the three treasures, Jing Chi Shen inside of them and the way that they're <laughs> cosmologically lined up and the way that, you know, in the Shendong Taoist tradition, they were saying that that herb's going to do this because it's in this area because the, the seed or the spore comes from that microclimate and then it's only needs wow. to like, stay in that microclimate and, and grow it <laughs> in this nature at this altitude or in this valley surrounded by these trees, so on and so forth. And that's going to give you a Dao herb. And that's, I learned all of that and I was like, I want those ones you know because i loved those taoist herbs they just had a system behind them that was just so wonderful and they documented it so well and um as i was like trying to connect here to the herbs from um you know from the country you know that i was on um i you know i realized you know it was a it's a very different system it's a it's a verbal system here in australia largely decimated um a focus um, that was uh, a focus that was just a, a bit different, kind of like it, we went from you know s- spirit to energy to body, and the Taoists had more of a, like a body to energy mm. to spirit, and so I um, I realised that connecting to the herbal tradition, and, you know, and that law on this land was a bit more of a long term journey that I'm still holding the intention of, whereas the Taoist one, it's um, like the, the time had come for that to really continue to be integrated into Western society was documented in a way that was really thorough. And the, the terminology was connected to more of a, um, uh, when we're talking about harmony, the terminology allowed you to, you know, to relate to your body in a, in a way that wasn't something stagnant, but it was a way that was going to bring harmony. So, you know, relating to your Jing energy and then your Qi energy and then, and then mm. bringing the spirit into the concept of health being your Shen energy. And, um, and then it just went on from there. And so the terminology seemed like really like it was just something I could study then and there. Cause I was in that mind frame as well. And, uh, yeah. so that's, I slowly went down there. My mum was like, Oh, you should just, you bang on about these all the time. You should get into it. And, um, and so where I was at, cause I'm, you know, I just, I, I, I kind of like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't have like a traditional business mind. And I, especially at the time, I didn't have any focus on um, building anything with any sp- specific fiscal outcomes. And I didn't really have any specific, you know, money goals um, mm-hmm. at the time, which is the beautiful thing about starting something when you're like, you know, at that point where you don't <laughs> have kids or, you know, yeah. you don't have like overheads and that kind of stuff, which I didn't. Yeah. I love that. I love the the whole story around like, you know, and I think everything that we stand for at Startup Creators is finding these examples of people like just the way that you're speaking is like that is absolutely your passion, you know, and the, mm. the excitement and the joy and how much you care about it. And it's like the, that it's also, you know, that you can, it's proof and it's evidence that you can find something that absolutely makes you come alive and that you genuinely naturally were doing for yourself mm-hmm. and the people around you, you know, which from a business perspective is validating the idea and seeing the need and then being able to scale it and grow it from there but um yeah it's so inspiring to hear that side because i think you know it can be easy to you know jump into this world especially i think nowadays with um health and well-being tonics and this and everything's a quick fix and Mm -hmm. um 
but to hear that it, it's coming from such a deep-rooted passion and purpose in, in your life for such a long time. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, it was, it was definitely a passion. And it was an interesting one because I, uh, what I wanted to have done straight away was the herbs and partly because I was like, mm, I'm not quite at the point where feel like you know I had I had a few I'd been studying them for you know a couple of years and taking them for a couple of years and I wasn't quite at the point where I was ready to offer herbs so I didn't really dive into it which is um which is definitely something you're kind of seeing now the mass adoption and that's Mm. also because there's been mass education of the market so it kind of makes sense that that's going to happen Um, so how long did you take developing this idea? So going it, taking it from like, you know, you're sourcing them and just getting to know them and all the wisdom around it to actually getting it to a business model. And then the other thing I'm really interested in is, you know, 10 years ago, I mean, I think it's very trending and there's, you know, I think <laughs> Goop and all the health blogs and things like that that are really pushing alternative ways of doing, you know, or whatever the latest is. But mm. how much of, um, you know, when you were developing that idea, did you think that, you know, or or did it feel as if it would get the traction that it now has got? Or, you know, was was it a slow burn and did you know, were people on board? And I think, you know, even maybe for our listeners at home, defining, you know, the word mushroom or when you say mm. medicinal mushrooms, people instantly think like oh, tripping balls. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, so that in itself could be a blockage from, you know, the marketing side of things. But, yeah, what have you seen in the uptake of it and how, how did you get it to that? I'm really passionate about yeah. this too. I'm developing it. Cause I think that's really important for people to know is that, you know, people can go, I want to start a business and this is my passion. And okay, now why isn't anyone buying it? And it's like some of the best products that I've ever come across and the people who've built them, you know, spend years developing it and don't rush that process. And then yeah. they go to market with something that's on point and then it, I think maybe for you it was about the education piece around, okay, now we have to break this in. <laughs> Mine was quite backwards. As I said, yeah. I didn't have a traditional marketing mind. And this is going to be relevant, I think, for people like in their 20s. If you're, yeah, I'm 34 now. If you're at, you know, obviously I'm going to, you, you know, the only experience I'd had in business at that point was nothing from my degree. That was a crock of shit. That just taught <laughs> me how corporations go in and take advantage of um, more juvenile economies. But so what I, I just worked, you know, for a couple of months doing a Wednesday, you know, like on, on my, on the desk of my mum's clinic and she was a cosmetic tattooist. And so that was it. That's just where I kind of was like, Oh, that's what a bass is. And mm-hmm. uh, that's what it is to reconcile and, you know, but very, very basic and just taking notes and, you know, oh, you keep all of your receipts for the seven years. <laughs> Great. So I had like, the, I, it was like super that level rudimentary, but, you know, no, no business. I didn't, you know, didn't really understand business models or plans and didn't really, you know, understand marketing, to be honest, that, um, you know, like the, you know, putting ads in, in magazines and I was involved with like AdWords and things like that. But I had this huge mistrust in that for some reason, I don't know, it was just inherent in me. I was just like, don't, don't work. I don't work. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I started the business as well because I admired a few other companies in America 
who are already doing mushrooms and herbs, you know, and, you know, what they're kind of known as now as adaptogens. I was like, I can't get into that. First of all, it was just a tad beyond me. And second of all, I was like, the market's flooded in my mind. That's like, that, that was literally where my mindset was. It was like, it won't work. Which is really common. I think that's where, you know, we do, I've done a few podcast episodes on imposter syndrome and, um, you know, people go, oh, I think that's one of the biggest limiting beliefs and people come up with their passion idea and being like, oh, it's already been done. Everything's already been done. Yeah, it is interesting because I've definitely had my imposter stuff come up. But that was just kind of also like, a, it was like a practical thing for me or just, I like, I, I, what I, what I wanted to do was something that was just, like I just wanted to help people. I wanted to curb degenerative disease as much as possible. And I wanted to just start sourcing the best stuff and have it accessible to me and people in my direct vicinity. So I started doing just, it was pretty basic. You know, I had this, you know, super feast came about my mum helped come up with the name and she gave me a little bit of seed money. And then that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple of other family members, a small amount of um, seed money to get a first order of supplements and some superfoods and just built a website, had a weird $200 logo that kind of looked like <laughs> a, like a, you know, huge, you know, agricultural Monsanto style <laughs> business logo. And, um, we set up for six months online and we did some AdWords and some orders would come in and I'd be at the beach and it would be like, Bloop. You know, you got an order and I knew, you know, no, I'd have to go home. And I was like trying to write blogs here and there about health. I'd never, I'd never, I'm someone that has a hard time flogging my own product. Um, I've only really gotten into a, if if anyone's been to any of my workshops, you'll hear like, like I'll talk about philosophy for like two hours and then for half an hour, I'll give specifics about the herbs and then I'll try and talk people off the ledge from going into it with an, you know, with like, you know, with buying too much, you know, I really want to refine people's intention. So, and it's only now that I'm really kind of like reconciled with, you know, knowing that people want to understand, you know, these nuances of, you know, taking these herbs and like really answering these FAQs the whole time. But I didn't start there. I went complex to simple because, um, and that's, and so I was writing blogs just in general about health and toxins in the body and sun gazing and spring water and all that kind of stuff. And it was kind of ticking along. And then my mum had an aneurysm, which is really, you know, mm-hmm. it was like a really heavy one. So she nearly died. And so we're in ER for weeks and then um, she was about to die. And then they, we, we'd said our goodbyes and, mm-hmm. and then something happened, you know, that she came, you know, she showed signs of life and that, they took the choice out of us, away from us. And so then we're in hospital for another month and then started some rehab and, and then we're in rehab for, you know, over half a year. And then, so she was permanently disabled now needing 24 hour care. And so I'd shut the business for that whole time. And so all of a sudden there was like, I was like really, you know, just like young, fancy free, didn't really give a you know, shit that I had a business too much was just kind of working on my own intention in life. And, um, and so then there was like a little bit of a starting, like a scaring of like, you know, like a needing to have skin in the game. Am I going to start? Am I going to keep going with this thing? Um, you know, down the track, mum, like I'd want mum to be supported if, mm-hmm. you know, who knows what's going to happen financially. And so all of a sudden it became a little bit more real. 
which mm. I, you know, in retrospect, I probably, I don't think I would have gone, I don't know where I would have gone with Super Feast. Maybe something else would have happened that got me over the line, but that very quickly got me thinking about it a little bit more seriously. Um, mm. Not that I didn't continue to have Peter Pan syndrome like crazy, but what I was um, doing a little bit of bartending still, that was kind of giving me my cashiola and I, um, so I was working cocktail bars and at that time I was working at a um, two-hat restaurant in, in Darlinghurst and I was like, okay, I, I want to get in front of people and so I just started a market stall at French's Forest in, in Sydney mm-hmm. and so I set up with my sups and my, my, my superfoods and there was like 3,000 people going through every Sunday and so mm-hmm. I started chatting to these people and we're doing like, you know, superfood smoothies and, and stuff like that. And then at, at some point, you know, I'm having like these long one hour conversations with people talking about their lifestyle and their health. And and then, you know, I talk about the mushrooms because I'm like, well, I'm taking them. These were actually the thing that gave impacted me the most. And I'd talk about what they did for me immunologically, you know, how, my, you know, immune, I could feel immune deficiencies sinking away, like seeping away the mm. Jing herbs, you know, what they felt when I t- would take them and I could feel this, you know, this kidney essence coming alive and it could feel this sovereign, you know, internal rejuvenation, you know, perception of energy being cultivated within myself rather than being given to me from something from the outside, which was ironic because I'm taking something but that's the nature of the tonic herbs is they cultivate you and your life and they help you find harmony so they don't create the dependencies, which was what mm. made me kind of fall in love. Um, um, but that was a very personal journey. I think at the time I didn't want to go and take it and turn it into a business, which I'd done with you know, yoga to an extent. And then I kind of like fell a little bit out of love by commodifying it too quickly. Mm. And so, yeah, so at how, the market. How did people, it take it from the market store to what it is today? Like, was it just the the traction of people placing orders and the demand? Well, yeah, it got it got to that point. I was like there for over three years, and I just did that grind. And I was doing wow. I was doing a couple of other market stalls, and I developed a reputation. And I would I was smart enough to be getting emails. Just because it was just those little things that my mum would say. You know, I remember my mum saying she's like, just keep on building a mailing list. It's you won't regret it. And um, mm. and even though I I just had this thing, I'm like, no, something so small because I'm such a like a you know go big or go home kind of personality, and I want things done yesterday. That those slow grind things just I don't know. I just don't like. I just found them boring. <laughs> so, yeah. but, but I did them. And so I had my mailing list out there and I do little giveaways. And, and so I actually developed over three years of quite a decent mailing list that I didn't utilize during that time, but in, in the future became very useful. And I just, I'd, I'd have really long chats. It was, a, it was a period of immersion in my life. I'd be, you know, I'd be doing the markets and then I'd be doing I'd be going and doing um, uh, events. Um, I'd, like I'd sponsor events and, you know, just be able to go and, you know, speak my little piece. But eventually people started asking, all right, this shit's good, but I want what you're on and I want the mushies. And I'd be like, well, <laughs> you know, this was early on the piece and um, I want these Jing herbs you're talking about. And I'm like, yeah, just go get it from this company. Mm. And they're like, they're in America. And I'm like, well, there's this company in Australia that's kind of started doing it and they had for a while. And they were like, do you take them? I'm like, oh, God, no. shit. <laughs> 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 Um, (laughs) I love that you've got like this fabulous business idea sitting there and you're like, oh yeah, I'm not going to sell it. Go go to these other places. Yeah. yeah. And then eventually I I was like, all right, for the sake of, you know, I had these, 
these mums and students and, uh, you know, people that had gone too far into ideological thought around diet and they were just like, you know, they're hurting. And, um, and so eventually I started bringing them in because I was just like, I just, I have to start offering mm-hmm. something. And at this time I was still, I think I'd moved from mum's spare room out to the garage where my room had, where my room was when I was in, in uni, and, um, at the start of uni. And so, yeah, I was still, you know, just still at mum's place. Yeah, so good. And I, got, I love that mum was such a, yeah. a boss too. Like, you know, I think that to this day people are still saying, grow your mailing list. Um, well, they definitely are, but... but. I love that doing so much around, you know, I think it's such an example, like this topic keeps coming up for me lately around when you're doing what you love, like getting up and doing the grind at the market, you do it, you know, like you stick at it for three years, like I'm going to take a guess and maybe say it's more inspiring to get up and go to the market and have those conversations than tend a bar, you know, like the energy levels and I think it's what can be so important to build a business when you do what you love because from an outside perspective standing at a market stall for three years and you know doing everything manually um Mm -hmm. you know could look like that's such a short amount of time as well it's such a short amount of time like it's not like it's actually like and then it's like you know I was so I'd have these conversations and I learned what people liked and what, what they wanted and what situations they were in and I realized the limitations of taking herbs from a symptom perspective to what these people wanting is like, I don't need, I don't, I'm not sick. I'm just Mm. tired. Mm. And I'm, you know, and so I got them all on, I got them all like on these practices. I got, you know, people like, you know, sunbathing and cleansing their skin and, you know, thinking about their organs and thinking about their immune systems and their diets. And thankfully, even though I was like a rabbit, like raw foodist and, you know, pretty hard down the vegetarian train and that kind of stuff. I never, Mm. I never, went down the thread of like projecting my ideology onto people. I, um, mm. I don't know why, because I was very passionate about it internally. <laughs> but, um, and at one point I was probably, I drank the Kool-Aid a bit too much, but <laughs> nonetheless, I, I, the focus was on person's sovereign, sovereign harm, um, harmony in their body. And mm. so, yeah, I just, I'd started developing, you know, I brought out this product for this person, this product for this person, I brought in lines made for mum's, you know, to, for mum's neurological development and brain protection since, you know, she had a joint mm. brain injury and, I, I developed, you know, Mason's mushrooms. They're based around what you know what people needed and what they were they were wanting. You know, I could I recognize that it was very hard for them to go. Well, which mushroom do I get? Do I get reishi? Do I get turkey tail? Do I get shaga? Do I get lion's mane? Do I get cordyceps? Like which one do I want? And I'm like, okay, cool. I'll, you know, now where it's like a dime a dozen. You know, um, people just whacking together mushroom formulas. You know, back then mm-hmm. it just wasn't an obvious thing to do. Yeah. Um, for, for me anyway and so i you know very you know they're not complex formulas because tonic herbalism is not meant to be complex it's meant to be ex- um, accessible to people and that's what i was trying to make this thing so it's not complex yet i you know the energy the intent and the way that i formulated it has a very you know very honed in intention that's something that people need to like give yourself credit for even though you know, you might not be doing something inside some, some convoluted way because you think it's going to make you more legitimate. You know, you stick to your basics, you stick to simplicity, but pour a shitload of intention into it. You know, you can create something very special and that, you know, that product has like a cult following, you know, now, and that's due to its effectiveness 100% and people, 
buy it for family members. And it started just from there, me developing it after talking to mums and students and, you know, and athletes and people who are, you know, and they just, and I kind of like had, you know, I took in that data for a year and then, and then I just went, I, I know exactly what I'm creating. Bang. And then I brought it out. And then from there, I, you know, started realizing, you know, I brought in the Jing herbs because everyone's tired. Okay, cool. And then I started realizing, you know, where people in the West relating to this kind of symptomology that was coming up, you know, very, very minute ways that didn't require a practitioner and requiring chi tonics to, you know, optimize their digestion and their lung potency. And then when it was, you know, when the potential was there to start bringing in like, you know, herbs to help with the intense anxiety that wasn't based on anything necessarily physiological, you know, maybe on a more spiritual, emotional level, I could see, ah, this is how I communicate the Shen herbs to people. And so... That was my, um, that, and in that time, you know, I was going hard, you know, but I was just like throwing, I was throwing things everywhere, seeing where it stuck. I was working with the vegan community. Um, then I'd be working with the practitioner community. And then I thought I'd try my luck in, you know, throwing a raw cacao dance party where I got Gungagiri <laughs> up and we had, you know, we had drum circles and I had electric, electronic DJs. We had 500 people drinking cacao and doing all that kind of stuff. And then I was like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to do events. I'd rather through one more. I like a party though. So, you know, kind of like, you know, got more data there. And then I started doing my own workshops. And, and so I started talking about workshops in terms of detoxification strategies. And then I was doing about how to, you know, how to integrate superfoods in your life. And then I started moving into tonic herbs and medicinal mushrooms. And I, you know, and so at that point I was like, wow, there's depth here. There's a lot of depth and a lot of interest. So, all right, I started home, like going in over in that direction. And then I popped out of there and, um, we eventually moved up to Byron Bay. And at that point it was, um, you know, a few huge events had happened that again, made it, made things much more real and had me not playing around as much and had me, you know, like I, I really didn't like owning a business. I really didn't like the, the, mm. what I perceived to be a prison. Um, and I was lucky to have a friend who he's local as well. You should talk to him. Um, Sebastian that owns clear light saunas, um, New, New Zealand, Australia, um, UK and, um, and Europe. And yeah. he, he started that. We were friends before Superfeast and before he started. Um, and we were in Sydney and I was just like, oh, man, I feel trapped. And he's just like, you are trapped, you know, <laughs> like just, he's like, just enjoy it. And mm. it was really, it was really poignant advice because I nearly sold a bunch of times. And, you know, each time I was like, I could sell if I want. And um, it's nothing holding me here. I don't feel, you know, morally obligated to be here, but... I wasn't. And so therefore that advice was like, all right, well, you know, and you accept it that, you know, if you want to relate to it as trapped, then you, you enter into that, that trapped feeling and you enjoy it for now. And, and I've, and I've constantly taken that on. And so from there I eased into it more and more and more and more. And I realized that there was um, baggage of time coming with like the education that I was doing around other products that I was having that weren't the tonic herbs, which I didn't see as um, being as impactful for people and didn't merge with the uh, arising culture and philosophy that I had in the business based on what was really inspiring me, which was this Taoist way of being and, um, or, you know, being into it to an extent, not being a Taoist, I'd say, but, you know, that that enjoying that philosophy. And then from there, I moved up to, you know, it was only like... Uh, Five years ago, I moved up to Byron and then we had a year in double garages just doing the whole, you know, doing, you know, had big shifts in the business, you know, big changes of, you know, in people that were involved and, you know, realizing, you know, in extreme financial strife, you know, 
um, just because I kind of tried to eject myself out of the business and left it to others for a while. And so yeah. coming to terms with realizing and seeing what had happened there was um, highly emotional and cathartic for me. But at that point, um, I got, you know, we were, um, my partner had just moved up. He's now my fiance and we're getting, we're getting married soon. And we were, we became pregnant and, so she owned yoga studios and we just kind of like, shit, we got to like double down in this. So we, I, I just dived back into the business and that's when I was like, all right, it's actually, I'm actually going to like pull my socks up now. And, um, uh, yeah, that was like, it, I was like on wow. basically. Um, and ta- luckily, you know, Tani had a uh, really nice business mind, which I, uh, I, I have a <laughs> business mind in my own sense, but she can actually, you know, she actually had the desire to read a P&L. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I was good enough. I was keeping it yeah. going, but from there we um, we came together, and you know, thankfully found ways to work together, continue to fall more in love, you know, as we as we went along. But you know, grow a business that we can really be proud of, and it's been you know, it's been really, you know, if I thought the first part was a grind, you know, we have been you know we have been working like very hard for these last few um few years and working hard at not losing the integrity of the business which is really difficult that, that's difficult because um if you don't mind me just rambling on a little bit more no, um okay. what i've you know i've i've watched the times when it's gone right we're at a stage of growth here and um so what do we do with it you know do we do we outsource the growth and do we do we bring people in and consultants in and investors in that will take their experience and how to take the business to another, to another place, but ultimately, you know, lose the essence of intention. Now, some businesses that really, and and personalities that really works for that, you know, it made my, my skin crawl. But if you, you know, bringing an investor in is like, you know, it still makes my skin crawl thinking about Mm -hmm. it for other businesses. I'll do it, but not for this one. And so, what that meant is we consistently, you know, as many as every entrepreneur or anyone that owns a business is going to be aware of is you get, you know, you get put, you know, through the fire constantly. If you're not going to bring in external help, um, you know, you can bring in a little bit of knowledge and experience from outside. But if you're ultimately going to transform the business from the inside out and allow it to take on its own evolutionary journey and towards like say more structure or less structure in my instance, it's definitely towards more structure, but be done in a way that can only be felt and perceived inside the business. Therefore I had to transform myself consistently. I had to go through uncomfortable periods of worrying if everyone in the business is going to, you know, not, not want to work here anymore because, you know, we might ask for, you know, shoes to be worn in some places, you know, like (laughs) it seems, seems ridiculous, but we had, you know, we had our staff retreat in Bali two years ago. And, um, you know, we thought we were going to lose like our, one of our core members because we were like, look, we're going to have to start wearing shoes in, in this place. And it, when, you know, and that was a big thing, you know, yeah. like it was, um, and there's lots of those examples, but you know, we really doubled down and, and, you know, I had to dedicate myself to looking at my own dysfunctions, the projections I was having on the business, the way I was relating to my crew, the way I was relate, like having, disdain towards going towards more structure in my company, looking mm. internally about what, you know, what I was projecting, like why I would want to stand in the way of it growing in a particular way. What, wow. you know, what instant, you know, if I'm, you know, if creating something that has natural hierarchies, 
why do I have distrust of that? And so I needed to go back mm. into myself and go through my own experiences, you know, like, you know, why, you know, where the distrust came from, you know, the bureaucratic nature of university, so on and so forth. And yeah. why I was then, you know, it was my baggage that was then going to stop super fees going along its journey. But at the same time, you know, doing that and going through that, you know, that, you know, that, that evolving, you know, mm. fire that allows hopefully virtue to come forth still maintaining you know your capacity to express the full grassroots integrity intent and, and values that you you have that you know keeps you you know you know when you go through a grind for two months and three months and you lose track of why you love doing this in the first place and you come out the other side of your you know of your psychological evolution and then all of a sudden you've still got this sweet and, and pure um, intention coming from the company and, you know, in all its values and it's held by its staff. And, you know, that's what I find is quite, you know, the, the problem in this community when you come to growth and you go, I can't do it, you know, mm-hmm. you know, or you, you know, you, uh, you basically throw out, you know, you'll, you know, you'll compromise your, um, your integrity to an extent, which is different if you don't, you're not connected, you know, at the heart to the company, which I am at yeah. this one for better or worse. Um, but and if, you know, yeah, you come out the other side of those growth periods and you have, you, you realize that person, that partner you let in or that direction you took the company in, you haven't stopped and mediated your decision and you actually don't like the structure you have and you don't want to share a life with it anymore. And that's a huge bloody problem. So mm. yeah, that's, yeah. There's, that's something I've really so been reflecting much. on. Absolutely. And I think the uh, absolutely amazing conversation and so much wisdom and such an incredible story. And I think some of the key take homes for me is like that consistency of, you know, this started out of your passion and your natural, you know, desire to understand these means natural medicines and then how you stayed so connected to the people who needed it and their needs I think I just actually recorded a podcast this morning on customer service and understanding and staying connected to your customers so it's nice to hear how that's evolved for you and then you know the I think with any business you know we started this conversation with doing what you love and and following that passion and we live in a world where you can do that but then it it does have those struggles where you're like, this is an extension of me. So how do I keep evolving this and growing it and, you know, sit in the ups and downs of it all. But um, it sounds to me as if you're, you've done some fabulous growth personally, which I think, you know, when you're running a business that you're so well connected to, you can't not be doing inner work because everything is oozing out into (laughs) your brand um, as a, as when you're so connected to it. So um, Mm. yeah. it's inner work and for yourself, but also, um, and I think I started the conversation with having seen it evolve and, you know, as someone who does keep an eye on marketplaces and trends and things that are happening in the business world, I can definitely, you know, compliment you that I would say that what you've created and the authenticity that you've created it with is stands out when you're looking at all of the different brands that are available and, and what's on offer and the trends that are growing and, you know, people. And I, I saw that when I was researching before this podcast around, you know, you, the frequently asked questions and even today, the way that you shared about your sourcing processes and the deep understanding. So thank you so much for sharing this. And it's been such an incredible example for, you know, what it takes to get it, 
something that you're passionate about off the ground and and meet the needs of those who might need it and I'm looking forward to seeing you grow even more and scale and and see what comes next. Thanks so much, Kay. And if you, I wouldn't mind just putting one last piece in, in yeah. to sort of spend while I've got all the businessy people listening. Yeah. One of the big, I, the, the greatest, like, yeah, you go, sorry. No, you do that. I'm guessing this is a, a last tip and then I'd love for you to finish. Last on, tip. Uh, no, yeah, do this tip and um, then if you can recommend, I guess I would say well, I, for myself and perhaps maybe for our audience is um, your recommendation for one of your blends or whatever you would have on your site for, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it out there and say let's do focus, energy, clarity, you know. Yeah, great. That energy, yeah. I, I, I know, I know what you people are dealing with. Don't <laughs> worry, I've got some for you. <laughs> um, I just want while while everyone's listening, you know, in terms of like going, you know, going through the, you know, the fires of evolution during this. One thing I'd really like everyone to take on, which I'm still, you know, moving through and I'll constantly learn from, is when you're looking at like, you know, your colleagues in in a, in a particular market or your, you know, your competitors. I know this is like this conversation is coming up more and more, but you know, we are. You know the level of in, integrity towards you know like what you know if we're in a we're in a in a sector that's you know really promoting you know evolution of thought and people um, you know bodies the the disparity between that and the way that other people relate to competitors and I'm not saying I'm an absolute angel in this by all means but practicing like up like the absolute utmost um, respect for your colleagues and really, you know, having that eye on, you know, you know, how amazing it is if your competitors are growing in a market that you're in, just how, if you can tap into how amazing that is for you and you can look down the barrel of, you know, the life of you in this business. And if you get to the end of your business and you think about how you related to your competitors, if you can be like in free in yourself and have the capacity for joining yourself and then tap into, if you had that resentment and you know the, 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 the feelings come up I'm not an idealist you know where you go like you know screw that person they're lying about that or I know that they're talking about it happens to us all the time you know they're, they're saying this and that about our company to try and you know take customers and that kind of thing if you can really bring in a water off a duck's back not even just slap on a oh you know it's it's a compliment really dip in and try and find freedom in yourself and the way that you're relating to that, you know, that competitive, I like being competitive as well, right? But a way that you can feel free and you have respect and empathy for the colleagues that you're sharing this some sector with, it's, you'll come out alive. Otherwise you'll come out, Mm. you know, a little bit dead inside. So I just wanted to add that. I love Um, that. Fabulous tip. Thank you. Um, especially in the work that we're doing. I mean, we're going to come out all so much better if we are mm. really shining examples of that and we put out, you know, put our money where our mouth is and show like, it, see this It comes work. back to where the words that we started, right, is the harmony and um, self-responsibility, you know, and no one's doing that to you. Like if you've got resentment or, or you know, comparison or your imposter syndrome, like what's your responsibility in that, you know? Yeah. And and look, the feelings are going to come up. They do for me as yeah, well. I'm not an idealist, and you know, all of our shit stinks. But if you can <laughs> constantly really catch it as an as a as an owner as well, because that culture, um, it will make it a place. You watch what happens in a couple of years if you just offhand make those comments again. I do sometimes, but <laughs> if you if you can catch it and really and and you can you'll have a corrosive culture if you just keep on offhandedly doing that, and, and everyone else sees you being that mm. way. Whereas if you can, you can cultivate a little bit more like love and gratitude and compassion in a way that works, you know, bring, no, don't just slap that on as some 
you know, bullshit sticker that makes you woke, like really get in and, mm. and look at it and look at the practicalities of how this is good for your company as well to put it into some practical context. You'll come out so well. But yeah, in terms of herbs, herbies. Yeah, um, give us the goods. Give us the good most, stuff. Yeah, I mean, most of the time for people that are like, you know, taking something that's their passion and they dive into it and they're creating a, you know, they create, they're creating a company and putting a vision into manifestation. And then all of a sudden realizing that there is all this other crap that wasn't originally a part of the passion that they now have to do. That's taking up a mm-hmm. lot of time and there, and it takes a lot of energy to all of a sudden upskill in so many ways. Um, it takes, um, it takes a lot of your essence. So that's your mm-hmm. Jing essence it's here you know it's that that bone marrow that sexual energy it's the power that you have in the battery pack that's going to get you through life and ensuring that at 90 or 90 years old you're going to have um the capacity to regenerate tissue and heal um you know to to have a sex drive to have strong bones and to have a mind that's actually working Mm. that's kidney jing energy so make sure if you can if you can possibly you know just keep your lifestyle in harmony so you don't get to exhaustion point which again, I have, you live and you learn, but if, um, Jing herbs, um, so we've got a formula called Jing and it's, um, yeah, it's a good, it's a good, it's a, it's a good hustle blend because it, it just gives right. you a little bit more wiggle room to ensure that you don't dip into your reserves of that Jing energy, which is like your savings account so that you can maintain that. It's like your superannuation. Um, so Maybe. Jing, Jing is, um, great. You know, it's got like, it's got the, um, uh, the Eucomia bark and cordyceps and Romania and Sustantian. Goji and dendrobium, and it's an absolute favorite. Favorite, so you get onto that, and then probably the best combination as well with that is the Mason's mushrooms. Is that's going to give you an integration of energy? Um, it's going to get your immune system back up and ensure that your nervous system has a little bit capacity to to adapt um, as well. It's a good endocrine regulators, so that's the most common combo. And then for those days when you need your brain on and sharp, but you don't want to be taking shitty synthetic nootropics you want a herb that's nourishing the essence and and nourishing um you know the capacity for there to be blood flow through your brain the capacity to have um the connection of synapses um you know doing it in a way that's integrating gut energy kidney energy because the kidneys do give rise to um to the 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 marrow within your skull which is your brain Mm -hmm. to have that capacity to really think and um you know have enough chi to constantly um uh transport and and mobilize thought that's the neural nectar. So those oh, yeah, days, you that's wanna, a good one. I got yeah. That. Neural nectar is it's legit. I mean, most people just need quarter teaspoon in your coffee, or you know, just in hot water in your tea or whatever in your smoothie is is normally good as like a, I'm cultivating that brain energy right long term. So mm-hmm. you can be on a little bit more long term. Whereas you know, if you got a teaspoon of neural nectar, you'll be nice and sharp. Um, yeah. which, you know, is nice for those meeting days or when you've got a bunch of podcasts. Right. And then for the Jing and Mason's mushrooms, you get up, you know, start with a quarter teaspoon, you can get up to a teaspoon of those. Um, awesome. Yes. Do you need to have them with food? No, you can have them. Yeah. I mean, you can just spoon them into your mouth if you want. Yeah. It's basically you want to integrate them in a way into your um, – into your habitual flow that makes them, you know, sustainable. Yeah. You know, something I don't like, like it about putting it in the coffee because I've, I've had ones before where they go, oh, let's put it in your coffee and it's horrible. <laughs> but yours actually doesn't taste bad. So no, ours taste good. Mason's mushrooms yeah. and Jing especially taste good. Neural nectar because it's got that rhodiola punch. You may yeah. taste it in there. but it's very, you know, very light? Uh, yeah, Mason's mushrooms and Jing actually enhance it, I reckon. 
Yeah, amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing your absolute wisdom from the the Chinese medicine in the background to your family story and business growth and tips and all the things. Really, really appreciate your time, Mason, and looking forward to sharing this one with our audience and and hearing what they think. Oh, okay, we should do a 10% off code. What do you want the 10% off code to be? Yeah, let's do that. Um, We can do startup. Let's do startup 10. Start up 10. All right, legends, start up 10. You can go grab I'll, I'll leave, I'll, We'll leave that up. Yeah, we'll, leave, we'll yep. leave that up as like a permanent one for you guys to use. Oh, amazing. I can't wait. Thank you. What a great treat. Thank you so much, Mason. Really, really appreciate Thanks, it. Kay. Cheers. Thank you so much for tuning into the Startup Creative Podcast. If you get a chance, head to iTunes and leave a rating and review. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you get notified every time there's a new podcast up. See you next week.